It's the Perry and Shauna podcast on the real life journey with you, reminding you that you are Abba's beloved child and that Jesus has called you into his massive mission to heal the world. I do this devotional in the morning. It's called Lectio 365. They have, you can read it, but you can also listen to it in an audio devo. And it's so great for your commute. I listen to it on my way into work. But yesterday I was doing the Lectio 365 devotional. It was about wilderness experiences. Woof, took me right on back to my own. They, mm. they were talking about the Israelites wilderness journey, you know, how it defined them and how it transformed them and how in scripture that story of the Israelites wandering in the desert is referred to again and again and again throughout scriptures. And I don't know if you've had a wilderness journey of your own and how that might have shaped you, but I've definitely had a wilderness journey. And for the sake of other people involved in my story, I got I can't like share the details of it with you. Mm-hmm. But I can say that it was a time in my life when it was a I don't know the way out <laughs> time in my life. Um my own relational and emotional desert, if you will. And it was disorienting and it was confusing. It was, I was caught in the space between what was and what was to come. And everything that I thought was unshakable suddenly seemed to have been shaken. And I didn't know what, how it was going to unfold. So maybe that, as I say that, maybe you're thinking, Shauna, that's exactly the season that I'm in right now. That's where I sit. You just, you can't see where the road that you're on leads. Mm -hmm. The Israelites didn't either. They didn't know where they were going and they didn't have a map. They didn't have an ETA. I feel like a lot of times, even if I don't have a map, it's like, Lord, just give me an ETA. Like, how long does this last? Because then I can kind of calculate my stamina and figure out if I'm going to make it. I remember when I was in labor with, Actually, with every single one of my kids, specifically with Haven, the nurse, you know, me saying, yeah, I need something. I I need something. You got to help me because I don't know how long I can do this. And she said, you're within 30 minutes of holding your baby. And I'm like, okay, forget it. We're good. I don't, you know, let's just keep going. I know I can do this for another 30 minutes. But the Israelites didn't have either. (laughs) We know that they wandered in the desert for 40 years, but they didn't know that. They didn't have an ETA. They didn't have a map. And what they, the only thing that they had with them on their journey was they had a tangible, a tangible expression of the presence of God. They had a pillar of fire. They had a cloud that led them. And and in that they knew, I don't know where I'm going. I don't know how long this is going to last, but I know that God's here. And you know what's really cool? is when at night when they would make camp, the pillar of fire, the tabernacle and the pillar of fire would be in the middle of the camp and they would camp all around it. They would surround the camp. Can you imagine, you know, laying in your tent and just seeing the glory of God? Yeah. And, you know, that being enough, we have God's presence. God is with us. And I I think of Deuteronomy 8.3, you know, where... Moses tells them why about the desert, the why of the Mm. desert. He humbled you, causing you to hunger, and then feeding you with manna, which neither you nor your ancestors had known, to teach you that people don't live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of Mm -hmm. God. So the desert was, we need the desert. Yeah, I need the desert because I'm so self-sufficient, and I need to realize that 
I live. God gives me every breath, and I live by his word. That's so good. And what you mentioned about the fire and them camping around the fire, Mm -hmm. in the desert they learned God at the center, my presence at the center. And then he actually, I'm reading Numbers right now, and in Numbers he showed them, this is how I want you to set up, you know, I want you to set up with me at the center and then the 12 tribes around. I mean, it's just, that's a lesson that we take with us out of the desert into life, right? Jesus at the center, God's presence at the center of everything that we're doing. The thing, the thing too about like not knowing the way and not knowing your ETA is God not only knows the way, he knew the way for the Israelites, he knew, but not only does he know the way, he is the way. So if you can't see where the road leads, look for God's presence. Look for that fire, right? Look to the center of the camp. Where do you see God? Where do you feel his presence in your life? Where do you learn of his character? Where do you where do you grow in faith? Where do you trust him more? Is it in worship? Is it in his word? Is it with other people who are like just on fire for God and seeking him? Keep your eyes on him and he'll lead you on your own exodus. And I want to leave you with this, Isaiah 30, 20 and 21. Mm, love this. Although the Lord gives you the bread of adversity and the water of affliction, your teachers will be hidden no more. With your own eyes, you will see them. Whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way. Walk in it. This may sound weird to you. This may sound even morbid. Here it is. I think about the moment I'm going to draw my final breath. I would say Hmm. it comes to mind at least once a week. I don't know. Does that sound morbid, Shauna? I don't think it, I don't think it sounds morbid. I mean, I think probably I should think about it a little bit more often. I feel challenged by that, but I would assume it's more motivational than it is morbid because if you start thinking about the fact that, because I do think that a lot of times we just think, oh, I'm just going to live forever. You know, mm-hmm. we know that's not true, mm-hmm. but our mentality about our days can be that. And I'm very much a, mm, I can be on a um, repeat, you know, wake up, repeat yesterday, wake up, repeat. And so there's an urgency that would come with thinking about, yeah, today's not promised. I do think it's because I'm older now. I'm 62 and I'm in my fourth quarter of life. But when I was in my 30s, I wrote a song called When I See Your Face. And, and it was just this longing to see Jesus' face. So I don't think it's an age thing. It's like been through really hard things, been through some real dark places, had a beautiful life. But just these, these hard things and how Jesus has brought me through them and, of course, how he crashed into me with his grace— it all just makes me long to see his face. Mm-hmm. I have to tell you, just FYI, as you talk about that fourth quarter, I recently came across this list of statistics of people and the amazing things that happened in their lives between like between 65 and 85. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's an exciting time to be. It's an exciting season of life because there's so much experience. There's so much wisdom. Yeah. When I was a young man, I was really inspired by Ronald Reagan because, you know, he became president, had two terms, was a great president, in my opinion. But let's not get into politics. But, <laughs> you know, he was in his 70s mm-hmm. when he was president of the free world. 
Right. And, and that really inspired me that, yes, God has really good things in his grace. If he gives us a long life, he has really good things for us, especially in the fourth quarter. Fourth quarter is the most important time of the game. Right. But interestingly enough, we never know when fourth quarter is. Sure. Yeah, we don't know how much we have. We don't. So we got to make the day count. Yeah. And that's what living with the expiration date in mind helps me to do. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Sally Lloyd-Jones says in Thoughts to Make Your Heart Sing, God meant us to live forever, but sin has broken everything. And now we, all of us, die. Jesus came to destroy death. He died on the cross and was buried, but death couldn't keep him dead. On the third day, he burst out of the tomb. And now death can't keep us dead either. The preacher Charles Spurgeon said that Jesus has turned the tomb into a bed and dying into just waking up. Mm. We will still die, but after we die, we will wake as if from a refreshing night's sleep. And Jesus will lead us by the hand into a life that won't ever end. When C.S. Lewis, author of Mere Christianity, and the Chronicles of Narnia, and the Space Trilogy, and I could go on and on and on. Before he wrote all that, and he was an atheist, he dreaded death. To him, it was the end of a meaningless existence. That's really the logical conclusion of being an atheist. But when the reality of Jesus' resurrection crashed into him, he saw death as an approaching adventure. Hmm. An adventure. Mm -hmm. He said... All our life and all our adventures is only the cover of the book, but heaven is the beginning of chapter one of the great story, which no one on earth has read, which goes on forever, and in which every chapter is better than the one before. I don't think anybody has described better what death really is for the believer. A week before C.S. Lewis died, and by the way, he died on the same day that John F. Kennedy was assassinated. And C.S. Lewis was only, he was my age. He was like 61, 2, 3, 4, something like that. Mm -hmm. I'll have to Google that. But he didn't live a really, really long life. A week before he died, he said to his brother, Warren, I have done all that I was sent into the world to do. I'm ready to go. Hmm. I don't need to write any more books. I know that I've finished. I've talked to every person. I've, you know, mm -hmm. that sense of I can... I can close up shop yeah. and move on. Yeah, isn't that something? Yeah. And it reminds me of Paul, the great apostle, when he said, I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. Hmm. He was saying the same thing as C.S. Lewis. I've done all that I was sent into the world to do. And that's how I want to go out. Lord, I've run my race. I've held on to my faith. Not... I've been a perfect person. I've held on to my faith, mm -hmm. which is trust. I've done everything you asked me to do. I'm ready to draw my final breath. I'm ready to close my eyes for the last time. And you know what? There are, there are things that God gives us assignments when we come to, mm -hmm. into relationship with him. He's prepared good works in advance for us to do. And so, yeah, we do want to finish everything he's asked us to do. And the only way to, to have that be our reality, to have that be our truth, is to be obedient to the things that he's telling me to do right now. Mm -hmm. You mm -hmm. know, the, the person he's saying, just forgive. 
I just want you to forgive. I want yeah. you to experience the freedom of forgiving that person and not holding on to the bitterness. I mean, I know, I know it hurts so bad. I was there. I, I caught your tears, but I want you to forgive. Like the, everything that he is asking us to do, our only job with it is to obey. Yep. My greatest longing, and I think you relate with this. My greatest longing when I think about drawing my final breath is to see the face of my creator, to see the face of the one who, who loved me enough to die for me. And when we see his face, eternal life will just have only begun. I was talking to a friend the other day, and I just have to tell you, she's the kind of person who can't not get involved in your life. She loves in such a way that your problem is her problem. She's hmm. like, if we've got a problem, then we're going to solve it. And she's she's just, she's extremely thoughtful. We had a friend who is diagnosed with cancer, and she just went deep into research and finding out like, what are the things that she's going to want as she walks through her therapy and she walks through her treatment, chemotherapy treatment? And so she put together this beautiful basket of all the kinds of things that would be meaningful to her that, you know, and just really dove into it. This is who she is. This is just who she is. But somebody said something to her that hurt her so deeply. Mm. She was heartbroken. And it was basically they were accusing her of talking too much about Jesus. And his promises. Like, ah. So she shares this with me. And my heart's breaking for her because I'm like, girl, ah, I love that you tell me the truth. You know, when I'm in a hard place, I love that you'll say, hey, listen, girl, this is who Jesus is. Let me remind you who Jesus is. We need people like that. I think one of my favorite quotes is Oswald Chambers. And this is a rough interpretation, but he basically says, there's little we need to learn and much we need to be reminded of. So I need people in my life who are willing to remind me of what's true. Anyway, she asked me, do you think that I do, you think that I do this too much? Do you think that I'm too much? Is there truth in what this person is sharing with me? And as she's sharing this with me, I started to hear a melody in my head. You ever get that? You get, you know, just a melody just starts to enter into your head. Yeah. And I paid attention to the melody. And do you know what it was? No. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. And I was like, oh, hang on a minute. I do not think you're too much. Let me tell you what's in my head right now. It's the, you know, the song, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. And we do, we have a light in us. It's the light of life. It's the light of Jesus. And the light pierces the darkness. It displaces the darkness, and the darkness doesn't actually always appreciate it. Mm -mm. The darkness is getting moved, and it doesn't want to be. But the answer isn't to tone down our light. The answer isn't to tone down Jesus. We don't, we're not supposed to live with a dimmer switch and, and pull back. We're supposed to shine. When my parents came alive to Jesus, as they were very young parents, they were about 30 years old, but when they came on fire and moved from religion into relationship with Jesus, you know, they just caught fire and we just had a, the joy of watching them burn. But, you know, you might've called them at the time overzealous and they may have alienated some people mm -hmm. and they might've done things differently, but man, they were, they were just filled with the light 
and they just wanted all they wanted to talk about mm-hmm. was Jesus, and they had such a great impact on the people in in our commu- little community of Sheboygan and our family and and just what you're reminding me, what you're saying about this person reminds me of my parents. Yeah. And just my mom, you know, she's with, with Jesus, but they would, my mom and dad would go to cranes in the city mm-hmm. in Holland every Saturday. And my mom was just, they'd sit in that. There's a front area where you can sit yeah. facing out. Yeah. I like love a, that. There, it's like a, um, a bar counter yeah. where that it faces the window. So you can sit there and look at the street. One day a couple went by and they came back because of my mom. She was just, they could see the, sh- the shine in her, the mm. light in her. They came back and sh- they had a great conversation. I love that. And it was, it was just because of the light in, in her. So it wasn't just when they were young. It was, throughout their whole lives and my dad's still shining. I can't wait to meet her in heaven. Yeah. Like I didn't oh, get to man. meet your mom and she just seems so precious. I can't wait to, oh, to know her. And we guys, got all eternity to do it. You guys it. <laughs> would have been fast friends. Oh, she sounds awesome. Yep. I think one of the reasons I was so hurt by my friend receiving this accusation is because I've been told before, you over-spiritualize everything. You make everything about God. I'm like, wow, isn't everything about God? I mean... Yeah, and so I just I just wanted her to know you don't need to dim your light, you need to shine. I think it's that you just got to be comfortable in your own skin. Mm. You got to be who you really are. Yeah. If that's who if that's what's in your heart. I mean, there are other things I love to talk about. But I'm just going to and I love to talk about Jesus, but I guess it just be comfortable in your own skin and just yeah, own who you are and don't let anybody talk you off it. Matthew 5, 14 through 16 says, here's another way to put it. You're here to be light, bringing out the God colors in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. Now that I've put you there on a hilltop, on a light stand, shine. So don't let the light of Christ Be under a bushel. Don't hide it. Don't let Satan blow it out. Shine. When my daughter Kaylee Joy was 16, she started praying a risky prayer. Hmm. Lord, I want to know what it looks like to live like I have nothing to lose. That is a risky prayer. That's bold. Yeah. I wonder what prompted that in her heart. Yeah, I'm not sure. I can't remember. But obviously God was just wanting her to go deeper and moving her heart in that way. So anyway, not too long after that, we lost all our possessions in a warehouse fire just before we moved from Phoenix to Allendale here in West Michigan. That was the answer to Kaylee's prayer. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much, Kaylee. But the answer was clear to her and us. You can't take anything with you, so live like you have nothing to lose. Because it's true, we have nothing to lose. Paul says, to live is Christ, to die is gain. Mm -hmm. In fact, she wrote a song about it years later, live like it's your last day. Mm. Before the great Christian thinker C.S. Lewis was a believer, before he was a believer, when he was an atheist, 
He dreaded death. But when the blinding light of the resurrection burst into his heart, it all changed. He saw death as the beginning of a taking my breath away forever and a day adventure. Hmm. He wrote this to a friend who was dying and afraid. Can you not see death as the friend and deliverer? It means stripping off that body which is tormenting you, like getting out of a dungeon. What is there to be afraid of? Has this world been so kind to you that you should leave it with regret? There are better things ahead than any we leave behind. Mm. Yeah, that's a different way to approach the days. To live today as if it could be our last, like Kaylee said, right? You know, Mm -hmm. to just, to embrace. I think we live with a lot of some days, you know, like someday, someday I'll do this. Someday I'll do that. I heard um, Lucy Swindoll give a talk on this. I was about 18 years old. It was in Southern California and it was an event that I was singing at. She was speaking at and she was talking about using your good China, like today, like Mm. pull out your good China, you know, and use it today. Today is the day we're celebrating. Yeah. Yeah. What, what would you do today, you know, for good that you've been procrastinating Maybe you've been procrastinating or, or there's that thing that the Lord wants you to to move into. You'd probably do that thing today mm-hmm. if you knew it was your last day. And you'd even, have that conversation. You'd, you'd, you know what I mean? Like you, yeah. the things that we say, ha, ah, someday. Yeah. So I think it's a great to realize that my life has an expiration date mm-hmm. is a really good thing. It is a really good thing. So, Lord, instead of dreading death, let it instead motivate me to make every breath count for you. Let it move me to press in to know you more. Lord, help me to live today like it's my last day. I long to see your face, Jesus. I long to hear you say, well done. Jesus is liberating people from the kingdom of death into the kingdom of life every single day. It's what he came to do, and he's still doing it. He's done it for you. He's done it for me. And he keeps doing it for you and me. That's why we keep preaching the gospel here at Moody Radio again and again and again, because you've been called from the darkness into the light. And I don't know if you know this or not, but there's two sides to that coin. You're called into the light, but you're also to be a caller of people into the light. He's invited you and me to be a part of this amazing, holy community of people that participates in liberating other people from the darkness. Mm-hmm. You have a divine purpose for your life. You are you're a chosen child of the King of Kings, but you're chosen not only to be the family, part of the family, you're chosen to be a part of the rescue mission. And 1 Peter 2, 9 and 10 says this, but you are the ones, you Right now, you are the ones chosen by God, chosen for the high calling of priestly work, chosen to be a holy people, God's instruments to do his work and speak out for him, to tell others of the night and day difference that he made for you from nothing to something, from rejected to accepted. The word that grabs me there is that I am a priest. You are a priest. Mm -hmm. And that's not something I don't think we think about too often or that it really makes a lot of sense 
I mean, if you're from the Catholic tradition, you've got an idea of priest. The LaHaye family, going back to Ireland, was was Catholic all the way up until till my dad. Um, so, but there's that. But the idea of a priest is is someone. It's simply this. It's it's one who's been brought into a relationship with God through the priest mm-hmm. to end all priests, the Lord Jesus Christ. We've been brought into this relationship with God where we can face God mm-hmm. and not die mm-hmm. because he's so holy, but he's also full of grace. And through the grace of Jesus, we can face God intimately. So we have our face to the God, face to God, and we have our face to the world. Mm-hmm. We are the face of the Lord to the world. right? And we're the bridge. We're a bridge between God and the world through the gospel, through inviting people into this relationship through faith in Jesus. Yeah, and that may feel like, no, I think that's my pastor's job, or I I feel like that's the staff's job. But it's the job of every believer that we would be a priest, that we would be a bridge from from the world to God. That's what the Word says. It's what the Word says. It says, you are... You are the chosen ones. people, a royal priesthood. Yeah. You're a royal priesthood. He's not talking to just the pastors. God's instruments to speak out for him and tell others the night and day difference he made for you. So this is, I think we get intimidated by evangelism. Even that word is like, ooh, I don't know. That feels scary. Feels like I got to step into something that I'm not. But here's the thing. If you have a story of a difference that God has made for you, testify. Like, tell that story. Yeah. It can be, wow, I woke up this morning and I was feeling so anxious. And I couldn't even put a finger on it. I don't even know why I was feeling anxious. But on the drive in, I just I just prayed and asked the Lord to take that away from me. And I just feel at peace right now. Boom. The difference that God made for you. It can really be that simple. One of the things I will say often, and it's not sharing the gospel. I mean, there is something we need to say for it to be the gospel. Uh, But I'll just say, have a blessed day. Mm -hmm. Have a blessed day. So they can hear that very clearly. And I, and, and usually it's, it's really well received because they sense there's something, I don't know, special about that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's a good word. So it's freedom Friday. I feel like we should make the most of it today. Let's make it count for the kingdom of God. Let's be ready today. Just ready. To share who Jesus is with the world around us. Might be at the water cooler, might be at the gas station, might be right now where you are. I got to share something with you. Sean, I got to share this with you. We got I'm a text. ready. We got a text yesterday from our buddy Tommy G. Mm. I call him TG. And Tommy, he just loves Jesus, and we go to the same church, and every time I see him, he's just he's just excited about Jesus. I just love being around people who are just genuinely excited about what the Lord's doing and excited mm-hmm. about the gospel. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Yeah, and that's what he has. He's living in it. That's yeah. awesome. And you do too, Shona. Gosh, thanks. Yeah. So anyway, it came in in the afternoon, and I looked and thought, man, that's golden. So anyway, Tommy texted and he says, trying to atone for our sin, trying to pay for our own sin is like scooping out the ocean with a teaspoon. Which do you want to hear? Get to work or it's already done. Hmm. Jesus has finished 
whatever we could not even begin. Isn't that amazing? I mean, that's just, to me, it's the most compelling, short and compelling Mm -hmm. expression of the gospel I've ever heard. Mm -hmm. And if it doesn't hit you, just picture yourself even going to Lake Michigan, not even the ocean, just Mm -hmm. like Michigan with a teaspoon and trying to empty Lake Michigan with a teaspoon. Yeah. I know that, that I'm putting this in my tool belt Mm -hmm. when I have a chance to share the gospel. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm going to be using this. Here's the thing. We've been talking. I think we had conversations about this yesterday about how the good news, it just doesn't hit. (laughs) We don't understand the good news unless we understand the bad news. And the bad news is you've got a teaspoon Mm, and you've got an ocean to take care of. And Jesus comes to you, takes a spoon out of your hand. I mean, just imagine yourself literally trying to empty the ocean with a teaspoon and Jesus comes over takes a spoon out of your hand, you, you turn around, you see his face, and he says, it's done. Mm-hmm. I have a Muslim friend who I've been building relationship with him for a number of years. And of late, it's it's kind of turned into Islam versus, versus Christianity in terms of what what's the best moral teaching, you know? And where he's coming from is that you know, we have, we have the highest bar of morality and a virtue and our, our books cover all of, all of these different teachings about how to live a, a virtuous life. And it's like, there's, he wants me to debate with him and show me, well, are, is your word as virtuous as ours? Mm. So, it, you know, it's all about, it's all about what mm. we do. And I think I'm going to be talking with him tomorrow if he's if he's at the place that he owns and, and it's a business. And I, I just really, I don't even want to get into that conversation because I mean, you sort of do cause you have to bridge, mm-hmm. but I might just use this analogy. Yeah. What comes to mind when you say that his question to you is, is your word as virtuous as ours is when you said the word, I thought Jesus Sure. And the difference is our word is not just print on paper, mm-hmm. but a human divine person. Sure. And, and yes, he's virtuous. <laughs> yeah. And getting him there. <laughs> right, right, right. Is such a, a long journey, really. Mm-hmm. I mean, it can happen quickly, but, you know, I pray the Lord reveals himself to my friend in a dream. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Just like he has revealed himself in whatever way he did to you and me. Yes. So that we can know that he is the Messiah and he is the living word of God. But yeah, it's a good word from Tommy G. Yeah. So if you're if you're at work, you know, with your teaspoon trying to pay for your sins, mm-hmm. you know, like, you know, you're you're dipping into Lake Michigan, trying to empty Lake Michigan with your teaspoon, just... Just stop. Don't Knock have it to off do that. in Jesus' name. Yeah, Knock it off. Because Jesus said, it is finished. Paid in full. The ocean has been emptied through the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Thanks for letting Barry and Shauna walk the real life journey with you. The content from the Barry and Shauna podcast comes from their live show, Barry and Shauna Mornings on 89.3 Moody Radio, Grand Rapids, Michigan. Reach out to us by texting 800-968-8930 and please subscribe.